0: So I want to talk to you in this podcast about something that's been in the news recently, but also about a principle of leadership. If you've been paying attention to the news at all recently, you know, one of the hot topics is that children are being removed from their parents at the border. When people try to cross the border illegally, uh, the Trump administration, and by the way, not just the Trump administration, but other administrations as well, have removed the children from their parents while the parents are being criminally processed or, or removed And for a season, for a while, the children are being removed from their parents. Also, by the way, uh, some of these young people are actually being sent across the border by themselves. So when they're captured, there are no parents. So that's been in the news recently. And that's not primarily what I want to talk about. What I want to talk about is the fact that we all know that Melania Trump went down to the border with her husband to visit these detention centers. And when she did, she wore a coat, a stylish coat, something that's for sale, you can get it online. And it said, I don't really care, do you? It had that actually sort of, Painted on the back of the jacket. It looked like somebody had taken a paintbrush and painted it cool style on the back of this sort of raincoat. So here's the first lady of the United States. She's going down to the border to visit detention centers uh, for one of the most controversial practices in recent political history. And when she does, she wears a coat that says, I don't really care. Do you? And The controversy this stirred was unbelievable. It felt heartless. It felt like she was saying she didn't care about the kids. Uh, It felt like she was giving the middle finger to the whole process of child suffering. We've been listening on the floor of the Congress to recordings of children crying. Uh, The Front of Time magazine has President Trump looking at a crying little child. I mean, this has been the theme. And when she goes, she goes down there in a coat that has on the back, I don't really care, do you? At a moment when, at the very least, the nation, the world wanted to see a little bit of compassion. Now, it was a huge faux pas, unless Melania Trump is actually telling the world basically to go to hell. Uh, It was a huge faux pas. It was a huge mistake. Uh, Trump later explained that it had to do with the press. Nobody's buying that. It was really a bad thing to do. And uh, here we are over the weekend, normally when news dies out, and I'm seeing news stories from major media outlets about that. What I care about when I watch things like this is a question of how does it come about? You see, Melania Trump has not been well served by staff. And I'm aware because I'm a little close to political things in DC and, and some people around the world who are in, in high office. I'm a little aware of their staffing. I'm a little aware of the role that staff play. I, I'm aware of the advice you're meant to give. I'm, I'm aware of, uh, that that a, that a first lady's clothes are usually are not something she just pulls out of the closet. They're laid out for her, they're laundered, they're planned, they're discussed by with aides. Uh, that's usually the way It goes. Now, I'm not about to blame Melania Trump's staff, but I will tell you that there is an attitude in the Trump family and in the Trump administration that dismisses the experts, that dismisses the advisors, that thinks they can do it on their own. And that may have been at play here. I remember back in the 2016 election when Melania Trump attended the Republican National Convention and she gave a speech. And I actually have written about this in my book, Choosing Donald Trump. But what happened was she wanted to craft the speech on her own uh, with maybe family members and a few advisors. So she asked a staffer to put material, just raw material, into a file, not a not a paper file, but a, but a word file, you know, a digital file. And then she would think through how she wanted her speech to go. She would craft it. Maybe a few speech writers would be involved, but no one was really finally in charge. No one was really put, uh, given the task of making sure this thing was vetted, that it was fact checked, etc. And And you may recall that Melania Trump, by the way, a woman I think has admirable qualities. I I, I think that if somebody handled her correctly, this is a woman born under communism. This is a woman who rose on her own uh, gifts, even if it was modeling and being semi-naked. I'm still saying she just simply rose. Um, She's now first lady of the United States. She's speaks multiple languages. She's an intelligent woman. She's a gracious host. I mean, I'm not saying she's Jesus and I'm not saying she's Eleanor Roosevelt, but I'm just saying that she's not a woman without positive qualities. But what happened at the convention was she got up and however, inadvertently she ended up plagiarizing. She quoted directly from the speeches of previous first ladies, including, by the way, Michelle Obama, who is somebody, of course, the Trumps had criticized a great deal. So it was an embarrassment. It was a mistake. It was foolish. It took away from the good things she had said. Why couldn't there have been a speech that talked about her rise from communism? Why couldn't there have been a speech that said, I can't believe that I'm actually within distance of being the first lady of the United States. What a privilege. What what has this country done for me? Yeah, her Looks speak for themselves, her clothes speak for themselves. You don't have to talk about any of that or emphasize any of that or her modeling. But how about her rise? How about uh, being a young girl with dead bodies in her neighborhood from the tyranny of communism? Why couldn't that have been emphasized? Well, the fault is not primarily her staff. The fault with that speech was that the Trumps don't respect appreciate and lean to people who know what the heck they're doing. This is pretty standard, I'll have to say, in business communities. I work with a lot of CEOs, advise companies, and so on, and I have to tell you that like them as I do, enjoy that tribe as I do, love their achievement, love their drive. Uh, People who are self-made, people who have achieved a lot, they tend not to like talking heads. They tend not to like geeks. They tend not to like those who are the eggheads with the PhDs and coming in with the charts. And so they tend to push people away. And they've done so much themselves, accomplished so much on their own that they really think they can do it all by themselves. Well, Melania Trump has a little bit of that. Her husband has a lot of that. Her family has a lot of it. And as a result, what could have been a powerful speech, in fact, one of the most powerful speeches of first ladies at conventions, and truthfully, it could have been, it had it been written right and had she been coached in how to deliver it, ended up being remembered mainly as an embarrassment. None of us remember even one phrase from that speech. And that's, by the way, one of the ways you evaluate major speeches is what do you remember a year or 18 months later? Nothing. You remember that she plagiarized and she'll probably never do another speech of that size again. We now know she's championing bullying uh, or against bullying, and that cause, fantastic. But, but what's going on? The problem is that she's not relying on advisors. There was nobody empowered to say, ma'am, you are not wearing that. Now, I can tell you that happens in my house all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll wear a shirt. that put on a shirt that's not quite clean, or that, I don't know, unbuttoned too high, or too much at the top, or whatever. I don't know. Uh, and Bev'll say you're not wearing that, and and I love that, and I welcome it, and I might say why not? You know, we have a little argument, but it's just friendly, and I know she means nothing but to help me. Everybody needs those kind of people, and people who are prominent, people who are on uh, national international media every day, they need people they can trust. They need people to say, ma'am, you do not want to wear that. You are going down to a detention center where children are suffering in the absence of their parents. You can't wear a jacket that says, I don't really care. Do you? While you're walking around looking at you know, dirty, disease-ridden, in some cases, some of these kids are diseased, we're being told by the medical community, uh, not starving because they're being well taken care of, but tearful uh, kids who are crying and lonely for their parents. You can't wear that. Nobody was in a position to do that. Nobody was in a position to correct her. Nobody was in a position to look at what was laid out that morning and just say, no, take that out of here. Don't even show that to her. That can't be an option. Nobody was in that position. Nobody on the plane said, ma'am, you are not getting, you may have gotten on the plane with that coat. You're not getting off the plane. Now, I know this is how people speak to each other because I've spoken to officials in that way. and it's not, I'm not trying to paint myself as all courageous and tough. It's just that when you want to help people, you have to develop a style and an ability to say, sir, you, you, you can't do that. What are you thinking, buddy? You know, you got you to have that kind of vibe, that kind of relationship. The Trumps don't allow it. And I'll tell you, uh, Mrs., uh, Mrs. Trump, has a personal staff that's about a third of what Michelle had. Now Michelle had a larger staff than most, uh, but that but her but her number wasn't that much off what the Bushes had, or or certainly the Clintons. The Clintons tend to have larger personal staffs. I mean, it's down to about a third of what Michelle Obama had, and Michelle Obama made mistakes too. She once wore five hundred dollar designer tennis shoes to us to help out at a soup kitchen and draw attention to the need of the homeless. I was glad she was doing that, but of course. There's, there's something smarter than wearing $500 tennis shoes, which I don't think I've ever even seen in my life, um, when you're trying to draw attention to the cause of the poor. We know that Michelle Obama's rich. We know she's got thou- d- gowns worth thousands and thousands of dollars. You don't wear them to pass out sack lunches to the homeless. And so that was tone deaf. Well, what's going on? You see, it's a principle of leadership. You've got to know what kind of advisors you need. You've got to know what kind of people you need around you. And you've got to trust them. You've got to have people in your life who can help you be better. And so there's a dysfunction in the, Bush, in the Trump White House. And it's the dysfunction of not trusting those who know what they're doing. You know, one of the men I most admire in this administration is General Mattis. And um, He is, of course, our Secretary of Defense, and he told President Trump, we don't need a separate space force, as Trump announced recently, from the Air Force and from NASA. We don't need that. We can do warfare in space without having to create a whole new agency. And what did Trump do? He got up and announced a space force like he was some starstruck kid talking about Buck Rogers. Well, it's already hurt him. The man who should have advised him, he should have listened to uh, he didn't listen to. He doesn't trust the eggheads. He doesn't trust four-star generals with PhDs. Uh, one of the most intelligent men who's ever served in the office, Mr. General Mattis. Uh, Mr. Trump thinks he knows uh, everything he needs to know, and he doesn't trust his advisors. He runs over his chief of staff. He, he runs over some of these people who are very experienced. My point is not to complain about him. My point is to point out the flaw in that kind of thinking. So Melania Trump is going to be labeled rich bitch, uh who went down there and basically gave the middle finger to the hurting and that's going to live over her for the rest of her life. She'll have a very hard time giving her wealth and her looks and her style, ever living that down, and it could have been prevented. Just like some of the faux pas of Donald Trump could have been prevented. So don't just watch the news. Watch and try to understand the systems that produce these mistakes. The Trump administration, fundamentally, the Trump family, doesn't trust advisors. And some of those they do trust are questionable, let me tell you. They don't trust advisors. So they don't have enough. They don't empower them. They don't give them the authority to make decisions. And so as a result, this fine lady who's fluent in multiple languages, who's risen from a childhood in in communism, who's become the first lady of the United States and is trying to do good in the world, she is now compromised. And it's sad to me. I want to say one more thing. There's a theory in Washington, D.C. that Melania Trump is trying to shoot up a flare, that she's trying to say, I'm in trouble. She didn't know about Stormy Daniels when she came into, when they came into office. Uh, she certainly has to be offended that her husband was consorting with porn stars uh, while she was postpartum, while she had just given birth to Baron. Uh, their marriage is being challenged. We see that publicly. She brushes away his hands all the time when he tries to hold her hands. I'm not trying to play gossip columnist, but there is a theory that Mrs. Trump, who's not stupid, did not just do this by accident, did not do it by ignoring advisors, but she's trying to send up a flare from behind the walls of the presidency. If that's true, we've got a problem. We need to pray, and people close enough need to step in and help. But overall, if if you're gonna be in leadership, have good people around you and trust you. That way, you don't ruin your reputation for the greater causes to which you ought to be committed.